Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ann and Una. And you're listening to Engage, the podcast. another episode of engage the podcast a podcast where we discuss all things wedding planning and healthy relationships as per usual it's your boy yo aunt and it's una also known as una Ufe. which is your your, <laughs> your real name my actual name you know i'm trying to embrace it more i encourage it and uh you know it's part of getting colonized that i try to not correct people damn <laughs> It's fair. I mean, I'm glad that you're aware of that. Um, welcome back to uh, week two of our back to back to back to back episode month. Back to back to back to back for real though. Mm-hmm. Leading up to the wedding, we are now twenty seven days <laughs> away from this union. Very exciting. It's super exciting. Um, we the wedding website is popping. Um, we sent out, you know, emails have been going crazy this whole time, um, but I'm just feeling really, feeling really good that like things are flowing um, as they are. And for those of you who are just now tuning in, we welcome you. Thank you for being here. Uh, we appreciate getting new listeners and people engaged with our story mm-hmm. and um, the conversations that we're having. And... Um, yeah, if you are new here, um, you may not know that we've gone through many iterations of this wedding Several. planning process, um, and we are now going home back to Madison, Wisconsin to get married in a very small, socially distant wedding of about six, six to guests. Eight people. Yeah, six, six guests, not, guests including not including us or our uh, people working with us on the wedding. So uh, it looks really different from where we came, so... Um, again, if you're new here, please go ahead and um, check us out. Check out our other episodes. See how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go back all the way to that first episode, learn who we are, how we met, all of that good stuff. Um, and for those of us who have been here for a while, thank you. Mm-hmm. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, and thank we're excited. Thank you for being a friend. Truly. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Remember that guy? Yeah. Hey. Do <laughs> snap. Um, yeah, it's it's uh it's been a while. not a wide, it's been a ride for sure, for sure. Um, but I think that again, like we've been saying this whole time, like it's a ride that we clearly needed to go on. Um and something that we will look back on and be like, man that was crazy but like it was super tight that we were able to kind of make these things happen together yeah and i think ultimately our best case scenario if you will in many ways so Mm it's exciting um yeah um i mentioned the the email that we sent to folks this is just another reminder um during like the times of um you know just like the protest and the killings of black people all around America and the world for that matter at the hands of racist and 
police brutality and all that stuff, like we were able to send resources and information out to um, all of our guests, Zoom and um, in-person folks as well um, in our wedding email. Um, and so just we encourage you all to find ways to um, share resources, share information and um, just keep people plugged into what's going on um, as best as you can um, in as many ways as you can. Yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. We just got to keep going, keep keep working and keep doing the work that is meaningful to us that can look so many different ways. I think that for us this podcast is, you know, part of that for us of sharing our love and sharing the love that we have with so many people in our community. Um and we will continue to be here, so um keep showing up however you see fit. Dude got a platform. When I say dude, I mean us. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so some quick wedding updates. Uh, we got our rings. We got a rental car. Um, we... Might have a caterer. Might have a caterer. Yes. Um, and when that gets solidified, we'll give that person um, and the family a shout out. Um, another... The big one. Um, another friend. Um, I'm super excited again to get friends um, involved in our wedding in a way to support that. Um, and things are just moving. Um, you know, again, for folks who are just now listening, you're like, why are you getting a caterer two weeks before, you know, your wedding? You know, things change clearly. Um, but it, at, at first we were like, okay, we're going to get family to, um, help cater stuff. Um, that family being, uh, predominantly like my aunt's making like some of the hotter, like more heartier foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the space that we have in Madison um, for food and for, like, heating up stuff and, like, the logistics behind that, like, it didn't make sense for um, for them to bring things up. Slash, like, I'm not sure if all of them are going to come. So, like, it's just like a, a lot of different questions that um, were simplified by just saying, like, you know what, let's just get a caterer in Madison mm-hmm. um, to do everything that we were going to do anyway. Um, what's it called? A a, a transcendent, uh, upper echelon barbecue. An elevated barbecue. An elevated barbecue. <laughs> That's our theme, y'all. Elevated barbecue. And what does that mean? Of of the Italy that we had to say goodbye to. Um, elevated barbecue. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. It's barbecue, but like on um on a tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> A white tablecloth. <laughs> it's um yeah, it's like eating barbecue while like dr- dressed in like fancy clothes, using napkins. Like that's elevated barbecue to me. Mm. And it was gonna be elevated barbecue because it was gonna be like a mix of like all of our favorite like barbecue, soul food, like just goodness at our wedding. Like elevated. That's ultimately elevated. Mm. You know, lights, bistro lights above. Oh, lovely. Bistro yes. barbecue. Yes. White linens. Exactly. Maybe some satin a sheets. Little greenery. Flying everywhere. Exactly. I was joking about the satin sheets. Well, I ignore the satin sheets. Oh, okay. I, I was like, oh. <laughs> But yeah, that's elevated barbecue. We are elevated. Having that's a barbecue. Barbecue is elevated, elevated. by association. On a whole other level. A platform. I think one of my favorite things in life is to use um, geometry terms in my everyday life that have nothing to do with math. Just a side note. Anyway, 
by association. I'm gonna have to start paying attention to that. <laughs> I feel like I've never heard you be like adjacent, <laughs> a parallel. <laughs> oh, I guess you do. Yeah, I guess I never connected those to math necessarily. It's just uh, always been like just a word. Mm, hmm. Perpendicular. Okay. Let's <laughs> come down here. Um, but getting into the episode, um, as we announced um, last week, I believe that was. Um, we have two new members added to the wedding team, if you will, um, that'll be helping us document our, our day and our moment, um, Charles Fatumbi and Marquise Mays, um, who are our videographers for our wedding. Oh, get chills just thinking about it. Super excited. Um, and similarly to what we did with Anna Marie Photography, um, and that's not her real name, but that's her Instagram name, and I call her that. <laughs> um, with her episode, Say Cheese, which I believe was episode six, um, if my memory serves me correctly, um, we decided to sit down with Marquise and Charles um, to learn more about them, um, kind of like their passion for um, this work, um, their excitement um, in working with us specifically in this wedding project, um, and yeah, just get into the root of who they are as individuals and as um, videographers. Um, also, small plug, you're going to hear this in the podcast, um, but Marquise uh, dropped a whole film um, on June 3rd. Yes, it was beautiful, y'all. Again, like another way to just support Black art, Black stories. Um, and it was just really beautiful because he is um, really lifting up the people who have meant a lot in his life. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but enough of that. Um, we're just going to jump right into it and learn a little bit more about how they got interested in videography. So growing up, I always used to go to my uncle. I always used to take me and my cousins to the movie theaters <clears throat> growing up. And it was so much fun because... Uh, we literally used to like go for like Saturday afternoon and not come back home until like Saturday night <laughs> um, because we would just like sneak into different movies. After we seen one movie, we would sneak into another movie and sneak into another, like all that stuff. And then literally we'll be gone for the whole day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so our parents would just be like, yes, like whatever. Um, so from that point, I've always had an affinity to movies. I've always had like a connection to them, but um, I never really thought about what it took to make them. I just knew I enjoyed them. Um, so when it came to me getting into undergrad, I knew I wanted to be a journalist of some sort. I wanted to find the truth in things. I wanted to seek out the truth in a lot of things that I was kind of trying to discover not only about myself, but about my blackness and about all these other things that kind of just encapsulate who I am and the identities that I hold. And so I came into undergrad fiercely trying to do journalism, um, but I never considered myself a strong reporter or a strong writer because the idea of objectivity um, does not exist to me. Everybody is subjective. So their preaching of objectivity really always threw me off. So what happened was my freshman year, I um, I took a I took a class like an intro level, you know, production class and stuff like that, where they pretty much taught us everything. Um, they taught us storytelling. They taught us graphic design. They taught us, you know, audio mixing. They taught us all these things, and I was so enamored with documentary filmmaking at that point. 
um, because I was able to interview some close friends. I was able to like be a journalist, but find a medium to do so where um, I wasn't in charge of the objectivity. I was literally displaying someone's subjectivity and displaying what their life was through their lens and their voice. So that's when I was more so interested in production. But what led to my journey specifically um, going the research route of film was uh, doing um, doing a research project about Insecure. Um, so I was a McNair research scholar at UW. And again, I was always interested in research. I traveled um, to several different conferences uh, early on in my undergraduate career, just doing research about Blackness all in all. And I wanted to find something where I could mix, you know, um, my the forming of my identity and also like something creative. So I did, I, I, Insecure was popular at the time. So I was like, let me do a research project on it. And what happened was I, um, I was, I was a crazy junior and I was just like, I want to take a grad level class <laughs> um, to, to see if I am capable enough to go into grad school. So I took like this 700 level graduate class in visual studies as a junior. And when I tell you, it radically changed everything I thought about uh, the work that I'm pursuing now. Um, it, it really changed. And mind you, for 15 weeks, I said nothing in the class. I literally was just a sponge because at this point, I was in classes with people who are 10, 20 years older than I am. Um, and I am just literally just soaking this all up. And what happened was it, it made more of my like social commentary about TV turn into like this 30 page research paper about the history of, of black television, of, you know, of spectatorship and all this other stuff that I didn't even know I was capable of writing. <laughs> um, and that has led me to my path now of digging deep into the research side, um, learning more so of the foundation of film and television and applying it to, to production wholeheartedly. So my early stages of, you know, just uncovering my medium of production through like visual storytelling through the lens of like a journalist, plus my like research foundation kind of all sat and molded me into this just like multi-hyphenate um, in a lot of different ways. Um, and literally it's so hard when people ask like, so what is it that you do? Because I literally do everything <laughs> that, uh, those two, production and research, are the huge, like, huge foundation on my work. And, and because of the fact that they've allowed me to discover not only things about myself, but about my community, about how we are perceived and, and received on like all different mediums. So that is kind of the two biggest things that have led me into my more critical research uh, lane of film and television. Got you. And I remember you taking that grad class too. Like I remember yeah like, i was talking it was a whole conversation about like yo bro like should i be doing this like i feel like this is like a lot it um, it was it yeah. it was it was a lot like again like language i didn't know none of the language like mm. and mind you not only was i the youngest person in the room i was the only black person in the room so mm -hmm. on top of them speaking of like visual art and visual studies in such a manner of language i felt like not only did I not know the language, I didn't even know the language to how, I didn't even know how to conceptualize the language to explain how it feels for Black people or Blackness. So that that class was a lot, but I got so much out of it. Uh, 
yeah. even the professor wrote me a letter of rec for grad schools and that turned out well you know so it was definitely worth it and so with you charles because like your degree is not necessarily in like a media related like no. functional area <laughs> and so but you're really good though so it's like where like how did this kind of start for you yeah um so similar to keith i guess like growing up <clears throat> i'm thinking about the times where i would with my sisters and my cousin we would hop movies and like run in and out and stuff so that's kind of like my up. first memory of <laughs> i know <laughs> i know that's kind of like my first memory of just being an audience of you know the whole filmmaking experience and visual storytelling um but honestly i was a big like technical person like growing up so even after watching these movies and, and things like that i would be the kid on youtube typing behind the scenes like what camera did they use mm. uh how many people were on the on the set what did uh how did the director like talk to people talk to the actors that whole environment and ecosystem like behind the scenes fascinated me um, but my, my, I guess like my technical background led me into studying engineering, <laughs> surprisingly. So I did engineering. Um, it was kind of a bittersweet for years because like I pulled from some of the things that I really enjoyed and grasp and I use it today in my career. However, a lot of the courses is like, man, I don't know when I'll ever use it's like all the physics and like all the chemistry and the math and all that stuff. But um, that was kind of what led me into more of a technical field. Um, when I really decided to pursue kind of like the whole visual storytelling space was uh, my senior year of high school, they opened up this um, photography class. Um, so I just took it out of whim, um, really enjoyed it, but didn't think too much of it. Um, and then fast forward to my freshman year in college at UW, uh, I did like the behind the scenes video for like the ASA date auction. And at that moment, that's when I was like, <laughs> whoa, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, yeah. I was obsessed. Like, I think I spent like a month editing it. I've never edited a video before like that. Um, it, it was terrible looking back at it now, but just that process, <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed it. And so it got me thinking like, hmm, let me see what else I can do within this space. So although my, my major is engineering, my minor is in digital uh, media studies. So I did the certificate, um, similar to how Keith was saying, I learned a lot about like just mixed media. So podcasting, um, photography, uh, videography, graphic design. I just learned, I took a bunch of classes in that space. Um, but what really stuck to me was the filmmaking aspect of it. Um, so that was kind of like my pipeline, starting out as just like a, a tech junkie looking at all the behind the scenes and then getting into photography and then working my in, what my, my way into like the whole filmmaking um ecosystem got you and i see you with the uh the nesby hat too yep <laughs> <laughs> still got it to this day yeah so i was, I was heavily involved in nesby um started off social media and then treasure and then i did i did president my final year um but even in that, I was very adamant, like with the exec board, like we gotta be, we have to have the best flyers. We gotta be very visual. Let's make a promo video for, you know, this event. So it was incorporated throughout. Um, even for example, like my internships, I had very boring internships, mm. but even in, in those experiences, I was the intern that said, hey, can we do a recap video at the end of the summer to talk about our experience? So looking back, now that you asked that question, I just saw so many 
ways that the creative side of me was intertwined with whatever I was doing um, throughout my throughout my journey. So, yeah, that's really cool. I think thinking about um, your creative process, we we've mentioned that obviously we have experienced that firsthand based on the work that you're doing with us, but. Um, can you walk us and our listeners through your creative process, especially um, as it relates to like how you interact with like clients? It's um, it's actually pretty funny because, and also shout out to our other creative partner that is just crazy good, Dante Nash, a hundred percent part of the original crew. Um, but it it's crazy because. I feel like me, Dante, and Charles, and then me and Charles specifically, we are very chaotic <laughs> in 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 our creative so <laughs> in our creative process. But I feel like we found such a, a great balance. Um, and I think on the base level of working with somebody creatively, like you have to be able to know them fully, wholly, um, and trust them. I know that if I get cussed out by Charles or Dante. I know that it's not coming out of a place of like hate, but it's mm-hmm. coming out of a place of, I know you can do better. And it's coming out of a place of a challenge and vice versa. Um, so, and I, I, and I think over the past few years, we've been able to all kind of collectively understand how we work. Um, for example, like Charles said, he's very technical. Um, I'm not the most technical person. Charles even describes it. I'm very like, in my head and I'm very theoretical and he even Charles describes it as me like looking out the window with my pen as I think deeply and it's it, it's it's shade pretty much but but nonetheless um we all have found such a balance on how to work with each other like I'm heavy on the theory I'm heavy on the mind I'm heavy on like purpose and then Charles is heavy on technical heavy on visual heavy on like okay what yeah, we got all the airy, the flowy stuff, but w- what is the practicality of what we're doing? And I think we found such a good balance that works. And we're the type to be like, well, shit, if it ain't broken, why, you know, why try to fix something? So we kind of settled in that. Um, but it's been dope to even see us now, like, venture into other areas creatively, like doing different things outside of the norm. Um, I don't like picking up a camera, but I'm starting to get used to doing it and like working with it and stuff like that and I think just looking at different avenues and um creatively I think it it starts based on the relationship with the people that you're working with understanding that you see me I see you here's our common goal um let's not see each other fail in our respective positions and what we're trying to do Mm. yeah 100% um can piggyback off of that because I mean it was a growing process like initially when I guess like when we first all met each other we didn't know that common ground between us so (laughs) it was a lot of like growing pains and stepping on toes Mm -hmm. and uh it was tough but like even now that we're all kind of like in our different cities and we've all found kind of new teams like within our local areas our local communities the same process is happening um I know at least for me like it's all about having a lane and knowing what your purpose is in that lane and then using everyone else's kind of expertise or areas of, of strength to work towards like a tom- common purpose. Um, and I find that so important. Like once I started working in teams, like I noticed for me personally, like my work got so much better. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that I always stand by, especially in 
making you know video content it's not something that you can just point a camera and just do it you know it takes thought it takes planning it takes execution and the more people that you have that are good at what they do and, and passionate about what they do i feel like the better the work is hmm. i feel that and can y'all kind of like share um a bit of like the work that you do just kind of like overall so like you're doing our wedding video and we're like super geeked about that but like what are what are some other things that you all have done in the past slash like what what could it or not what could excite you but like what excites you to like work on this wedding video like with us yeah i can i can speak on that so it was it started off i guess like an undergrad we were doing a lot of like I don't want to say. <laughs> it was like quick and easy work. Like we were up late making Snapchat filters, making. Uh, and mind you, the money promo was great, videos, but, uh, promo was videos. Like it was, it was just, it was yeah. a lot of just like cheap one-off uh, type content that really didn't take much effort mentally. Um, and I think once we reached like senior year or reach graduation, we were burnt out. We're like, 100%. nah, we need to find our own, we need to find our, like our lanes. Um, so now that you asked that question, what I've found in the last like year and a half, two years that I enjoy making um, are like music videos, um, documentaries, um, you know, short films, anything with a story behind it or some sort of like narrative behind it, I find the most fun because the video or like the film is literally an outlet of someone else's voice and so being able to translate that visually is like just so exciting to me mm-hmm. um so that that's kind of like the work that i've done in the past music videos narratives um i've done a couple of fashion films uh, which have been very interesting um but yeah that's kind of like where what excites me the, the work that has a story or a narrative behind it yeah mm. yeah i think that it's funny because again like charles said like we we were you know in undergrad we were about the money <laughs> we were about making not being broke <laughs> and 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 but. we we legit did those videos and mind you we loved them we had such a good time it's so funny because we we say it as quick and easy but we used to be up like working like working working there would be times we would be sleeping in engineering like <laughs> trying to finish a video like we would be like up, up, and then wake up and go, because mind you, we were still student leaders as well. Like, so we'll be up for five o'clock in the morning editing a video and then, oh, we got to get up for an event. Oh, we have to get up for a meeting. Um, So that's one thing that I think Charles can also attest to. The drive that comes from Madison, um, the drive that comes within our group is crazy, different. Like it, it literally... I a lot of people can't compare to it and that's just what it is but the drive is there and it's it it sticks so I think one thing that Charles brought up that was really that was really good was like we all were burnt out by the time that we graduated like you have three people three men who are crazy talented who are going in three different paths three different you know areas and I think we are all a bit um, we're excited to leave and, and do our own thing, but we were also kind of apprehensive of like, okay, cool, like I, I have to restart and refine a new crew, um, and refine a new team, um, and that was the hardest part I would say for me is like finding what my 
lane was. And it's so funny now because, like, thinking about the times where I was going through that, I was cussing out Dante and, and, and Charles basically like, y'all need to find y'all lane. Y'all need to find what y'all do. <laughs> but I had no idea what I wanted <laughs> to do at the time. But Because um, going, to, going to film school was a whole different experience because of the fact that I didn't go to film school for production. Um, I went for cinema media studies and going to someplace like USC – um, which is the number one film school in the country and has all these accolades and has all this prestige to it. Um, I was the only, you know, black guy in my cohort. And and it kind of it ate at me because I was just like, well, dang, like I'm the only black guy in my cohort. I should, you know, I need to be, I need to be kicking it with the black production students or I need to be kicking it with the black writers. I need to be, you know, like just kind of psyching myself out, not realizing the power that I held within what I was doing and what I was creating and producing. Um, so currently where I'm at now, again, I can do everything, but what I've done in the past is I've just served as like more of like a development producer for a lot of different projects, um, whether that be hands-on or whether that be like just off the grid helping. Um, like my my biggest thing that I've done so far has been uh, as an associate producer for a USC events documentary titled The Dope Years, which is um, which is a documentary about the life of Latasha Harlins, um, who passed away uh, prior to the uh, uh, LA riots in '92. So that was like my biggest project that I've done that I was really really excited to work on and get that opportunity to flex my research and flex my critical thinking and like my creating and I think the biggest thing that I would say kind of encapsulates what I do now is curating. Um, curating experiences, curating thoughts and programming thoughts into what we're doing critically. So if a filmmaker comes up to me and says, yo, I want to do this film, why? Uh, because of this and why? And like just kind of breaking them down to ensure that like when they get up and when they do what they do, they know exactly what they're talking about, about their film. They know exactly the meanings behind everything. And I think it's been uh, most recently what we've been able to do um, was work on a documentary together, uh, me and Charles uh, alongside Dante, um, that I've directed uh, uh, that's coming out very, very soon uh, called Blind Spot. And that has been such a transformative experience um, because it has allowed me to officially give my give my name of like, okay, cool, director, um, cool, you know, mm -hmm. producer. Um, again, I've done that work in the past, but this is like the first one that I'm like, I'm claiming this for me um, 100%. So yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at with, I kind of do a lot of nonfiction work. Um, I do short, short films every here and there, um, documentaries, um, but I'm really, really interested in cartoons um, and animation and, and that stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great segue when you talk about like curating um, to just ask about what what makes you pick the stories that you tell and how do you want your work to like engage with with an audience? Yeah, I think on, on for me, um, it's all about intimacy for me. Um, it, it's literally being able to feel I want, I want to be able to feel what I'm watching. Like, I want to be able to have those reactions and those emotions as I'm watching it and as I'm feeling it. 
and I brought it down to the base of intimacy. So even if it's as detailed as where the sound design is placed, even if it's as detailed as like this music has to come up at this exact moment, I need to be feeling something from what I, I consume. And if, and if I'm reading something or if I'm kind of choosing a project or kind of like seeing like what a project can mean, it has to hit me from the proposal. It has to hit me from, and it doesn't need to be fully thought out because that's what I'm there for. I'm there to help you fully realize what you're thinking about. It needs to hit me when you're just like, you know, you're up at night at two o'clock in the morning, you have this on your mind, you can't go to sleep. So you have to get it out. And at that moment, that's when I choose my projects to work on. Because when you're up at night, if something is keeping you up, that means it needs to be told. It needs to be out. It needs to literally find a way to be real. Um, and that's that's mm. when I know that I am going to pursue or work on a project is that like if it literally keeps me up at three o'clock in the morning um, and, I, and I'm just sitting here trying to think through it. And I like to say it's on the basis of, uh, I learned this in undergrad, it's like the burning question. And it's a question that just can never be answered. You, you, just, you just don't have the words to answer it. So if a project gives me a burning question, I have to. I have to be like, why, why, why? And I think that's um, at least the, the, the way that I kind of pursue and choose projects to work on. Um, for me, I would say it's, it's uh, intention, um, especially when it comes with working with teams. Like I go back to the whole storytelling portion, but if there's intention, if, if there's a story behind it, I, that's like me getting one step closer to being interested or being, having the willingness to, to pursue like a project. Um, especially if it's like my idea, if, it, if it's coming from me and if it's not coming from like a client or somebody who wants um, me to hop on a project of theirs, if I can like explain the intention behind why I'm embarking on a project or wanting to film something, it goes back to what Keith said, like it's something that keep, keeps me up at night. And it's like, if I'm constantly thinking about it and driving myself crazy, I'm like, I have to find a way. And it just takes me back to, so this past December, um, I had the opportunity to go to, to Ghana for the uh, year, year of return celebration. So it was basically a celebration where basically the whole diaspora, black people from like France, US, UK, anywhere you can name it, to, like to my surprise, kind of met in Accra, Ghana. And it was just this big celebration to pay homage to the 400 year mark of the slave trade. Um, so just by default, I brought all my equipment with me. I didn't know what I was gonna shoot there or like if I was gonna shoot, but I just felt that I needed to capture the moment if if it came up, if the opportunity came up. Um, so as I'm enjoying myself going to festivals, going to you know museums and things like that with friends, um, this opportunity where this model came and you know, she said, yeah, I'm looking to just connect with other like African creatives out here. I'm just down to shoot anything, um, but I just wanna like work on projects out here. Um, so I sat for like a day, I thought about, you know, what could I do to capture this moment? Um, and we ended up just filming, we went to like her hometown or her, you know, her hometown area. Uh, we captured like her with the locals just walking around the street. Um, and it turned into this whole big thing. Like it just started off with me just documenting her in her hometown, but it turned into this whole symbolic thing, at least for me, of making your way back home. And mm. that's kind of like how the project started of capturing all these people. Like, although we've been separated and dispersed all across the world, you know, 
this one moment was so significant because all these black people, no matter where you live now, were in the homeland and it was just so powerful. Um, so I turned that project, it ended up becoming a project I called Final Destination. Um, and the name, you know, was sparked out of that idea of coming back to like the destination of where we started. Um, mm -hmm. So it turned into this like fashion film because she is obviously a model and she was wearing, uh, you know, a, a black uh, designer's clothing and, and things like that. But looking back at the project, the fact that it started off from something so random and kind of progressed into something that drove me crazy because I just knew the intention behind it and I just wanted to capture it. Um, that was kind of like a true testament of, you know, how I get started on a project and how intention and a story is like required for me. And the pictures are tough too. Like the yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Like, it's funny. When I tell y'all, like, it was super. so stressful. <laughs> it's funny though, because every time Charles has something and I see it, I just be like, oh, can you just drop it? Can we just get it over with? But that's one thing I can say I've learned from Charles. Like he's very patient with his work and he won't let it come out if it ain't ready. And if that ain't willpower, I, like, cause I'll be sitting up there like, man, you just need to let it out. He's like, it ain't ready. But no, yeah, so like a hundred percent, those pictures are very hard. I appreciate it. I just just one, one last comment, like to speak on like the whole patient thing, like it was shot in December, but I didn't drop it until like mid or early February or something like that. Cause it just wasn't right. Like, I didn't like how the pictures were edited, you know, at first and I, I tweaked it and I sent it to other people. Like, can you guys add your touch to it? Um, Cause I, I knew it just had to be right. And so I waited almost, you know, two months before I like officially showed anyone because I just knew that the story I wanted to tell, I wanted it to make sure it was right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. And you can see that, um, that patience and like intention like on like that project specifically slash like your website in general, like <laughs> I've sent that website out to so many people, like not even just posting, like, new videos. Just, like, just bro, because. Like, look at this website. Like, this is probably the hardest website. I've ever <laughs> I appreciate like, it. Crazy. And Keith could tell you, I was and bugging so, everybody. Oh, I was like, can you, can call, you look at this? Calling me every day, every day. I didn't mind. <laughs> it was I didn't mind though. I was, I was happy to be a part of the group to see it before it came out. I was like, oh, so yeah. yeah. And so with you all getting, so like you're doing music videos, documentaries, whole like final destination, Ghanaian, <laughs> cultural, like Crazy. extravaganza, you know, like the whole shebang. Here you are like helping us with a wedding video, right? And like, I mean, even just like hearing these things and like hearing like all the things that you have like dabbled in, I'm like super grateful that like this really? is, this can be added to like your work. And so kind of like, what, what was your thought process when we first like hitch all up? Like, hey, like, would y'all be down to do like a wedding video? Like, did it seem like after hearing all those things and like thinking of a wedding mm -hmm. video, I'm like, oh, this is super insignificant, <laughs> like in the grand scheme of like everything. But like, what was, what were your thoughts on that? I guess for me, when I first heard that you guys wanted a wedding video, immediately I asked like, okay, what, like, what type of wedding video do they, or what exactly do they want? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you have the, you have the typical wedding videos where you show up and you get a tripod and the people walk down the aisle and you're just, you know, <laughs> you just put it in one corner and you just record everything. And so, I mean, that goes back to the work I would say that we try to avoid because there's no intention or story behind it. But what really moved me with your guys' uh, project is that I understand you guys were gonna have your wedding in Italy 
Oh, and so you know, now we're in 2020. <laughs> Still so we're in 2020. We're, right, we're in 2020, and it's like all these tragedies and coronavirus and this and that. You guys obviously have to change your plans, and you know, do it in in um, in Wisconsin. And so I thought to myself, like, wow, they're asking me to help out and putting their trust in me to still make this event as significant and as um, grand and important as if they were to be on the other side of the world, you know? So how can we add this like one small touch, even though it's probably gonna be like a five minute video, how can I do this and make it special so that it still holds that same weight and grandness that they're looking for? Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of like my, I was very moved by it. And I was honestly honored that you know, you even wanted to use my skills or or my um, knowledge in filmmaking to kind of help tell that story too. Um, and I think that's this is powerful, and I'm honored to be a part of it. Yeah. Um. To follow up with that, like at the end of the day, for me, it's loyalty. It it is who y'all were for me when I was in undergrad. This is the least I could do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. and yeah. and I think there's one thing that I always try to do when I'm moving around with projects is again, just like move with loyalty, move with integrity and move with intimacy. And I'm just like, one, one big thing that I am on is uh, again, curating these moments and these experiences. Um, one thing that I find interesting about film is that like, or anything that you can see as a visual, it is immortal. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. That moment doesn't end. And I think, um, and I think it's crazy because to know you all, like to know you both, it'll be different if it was a stranger, stranger, but to know you both wholly and fully, like, again, I see the love we, we, we can, it radiates, you know what I mean? And like, to know what you all have been for other people, it literally is the least that we can do is like the least of what we can do to like, make sure that we create something for you that you can watch 10 years from now and still have the same impact. You probably will still cry on three minutes and 20 seconds. Like we want that same effect. And I think that's when, um, when me and Charles talked about it, it was a no brainer. It wasn't like a, okay, you know, let's, let's kind of, no, we're just like, no, nah, like we we're doing it and we're making it happen. And I think the, the fun part about it is to know you two so well, it makes us want to go even harder. Cause it's just like, oh yeah, they finna have the hardest video of 2020, and that's right. just it. <laughs> the hardest, like, and that's just it. Because they deserve the best, as opposed to doing it for people that we really don't know like that, and we kind of got to get to know and stuff like that. And I think, um, again, for me, it was based off loyalty, so I had to say yes, just overall. And um, for example, again, I'm not technical. I am definitely more of a theorizer. I'm more of a producer, if anything, and I'm more um, just being in the moment um capturing things and Charles is that technical person so I called him like yes we have I need the technical and then we have the theory and then we have the references and all these things mixed together will give y'all something that literally will stand the test of time um and be literally a, a, a manifestation of like what y'all are for other people um so yeah that that's that's that was a no-brainer and again like it's not and it's not too far off from what me and Charles already do um, we already are interested in the intimacy. We're already interested in the intention. We're already interested in moments um, and, and, and creating moments that are imaginative, that are like grand and, and big because it means something to us. So, 
this is not far off from what we already do. A hundred percent. Again, if if y'all was asking for us to mic y'all up and shoot, you know, a two-hour film, <laughs> like a two-hour, you know, just document <laughs> uh, of the wedding ceremony, now that may be different, but you're asking us to create a moment, um, a yeah. visual moment. And so we couldn't say no to that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, seriously, we feel so lucky and like excited for just yeah. like what this can be and I think that we have both like had conversations about just like how much we trust your process and <laughs> we got that treatment, that email, like, okay, y'all professional hey, out the here. Treatment, for for those who don't know, a treatment is like a like a mm-hmm. view book of sorts, a PDF mm-hmm. of a fire about whatever it's gonna vibes, look like of the vibe. Like, like it was I was going through I was like, damn, my my wedding gonna look like this. Like, <laughs> yep. About to go super hard. Truly, but like even we just had like one short conversation with you all. Like it's very clear that like you that intention and that integrity and like all of the vision and the things that you put into all the work you do like are very present in all of the things that you have shown us and we trust y'all completely and are just really excited to to see this. I think that it's it's amazing to like think of like we're so excited to like get married and to have our wedding. And, like, to imagine something that, like, feels even more grand than the, like, the living the mm-hmm. moment. Like, I can only imagine, like, what seeing it, like, through your eyes will look like. So, we're really excited. Because even, like, I don't, and I don't want to, like, spoil it. Because I do think, like, or I know that the video is going to be fire, right? <laughs> and, like, I think that the, what, like, you all challenged us to even, like, think about, like, what do we really want to look like when you say, like, send us samples or just, like, even like continue to look up stuff if you're inspired by x y and z like all those things mm-hmm. like i just feel like it's really gonna i think 2020 in general is going to change the way that we yeah. view weddings mm-hmm. but i think that this video is going to change the way that like people view like yeah. wedding videos right. if that makes right. sense. and capturing important moments yeah. like they can generally they can be they don't have to be word for word and like moment for moment yeah. like there there's a feeling yeah. that you get in a moment that you yeah. can't capture on video unless you love. So we're yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. We're excited. We're excited for you guys wow. too. <laughs> Thank cool. You. Um, do you have any any last minute plugs or anything like that you want to share with folks? Um, I mean your websites are in our um our Instagram bio, but anything else that you wanna share with the people? Yeah, like I said earlier, um I'm dropping a film. Uh this coming week is coming out on Ooh. June third, twenty twenty. Uh, directed by me. Um, my director of photography was the amazing Charles Fatumbi. Um, and I'm really, really excited about this project. Um, we shot this also in December. So we were doing a lot of shooting, but we shot this in two days. Um, we shot the documentary in two days. And with everything that's been going on with Corona, I had to stop production. I had to stop post-production for a while. I had to abruptly leave LA I had to come you know like all this other stuff and and in the midst of it I've been able to finish this documentary um back in the place that I made it and that is so much more than what I thought I wanted it means so much more than what I originally thought was going to be the rollout of the film so nonetheless it's going to be exciting um comes out June 3rd 2020 um very very excited for y'all to experience it um, to just give a little log line, it's about um, it's about story about my grandmother. She uh, is blind. She's been blind 
for and upwards of like 30 years now, but uh, just because she is blind, she hasn't stopped living, loving, experiencing, going through trials and tribulations and coming out on the other side victorious. Um, and it's just, it's just a story about her. It's a story about women, um, a story about women in Milwaukee um, who through faith, love, God, and family have like been able to see, see themselves through a lot. And this is, these are, you know, this is kind of like, these are the women that made me. So it, the, the, the least that I can do mm-hmm. is just show, show the world how powerful they are. Um, so I'm really, really excited to have collaborated with um, my brother Charles on this. But also another thing that I'm really excited about is the fact that 90% of the crew is, bl- uh, is black one, but then 90% of the crew is also from the city. They are also from the 414. They are from Milwaukee. Um, so I'm really, really happy mm-hmm. about that. Um, and yeah, excited for people to check it out and experience it. Uh, I think, I hope it, uh, touches them, especially during these time now, times now, I hope it just gives people a good distraction, um, and, and, and encourages them to hit up their elders, um, as much as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Charles, you, uh, <laughs> oh, check out the website, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three months in the making. Uh, honestly, I don't think it would have happened had this Corona, um, you know, been sparked up because I think this period forced mm-hmm. us all to kind of refocus. Mm-hmm. And so part of that, you know, this website was me not procrastinating anymore because I knew I didn't want to just showcase my work on Instagram and have it be a 24, like 20 second thing where people scroll past it. I wanted like a home mm-hmm. for my work and I wanted to show it in the way that I wanted to show it. So um, it means more to me than just like, you know, a URL. It's like, it's it's a, a home for my work. And uh, I'm really proud of how it turned out. Glad I made it from scratch and, and all of that and, and the work that went into it. So feel free to check it out, trustbetweenme.com. Um, and then also just to second uh, the film that's coming out, um, directed by Keith, Blind Spot, a true testament to, again, working with the team and, you know, gradually picking on everyone's talents and kind of utilizing their strengths to make one solid piece of work. So I'm really excited for you guys to see it because the story in it is so potent. Hopefully it resonates with with people that watch it, especially during this time. Hey y'all, be sure to follow us at The Engage Podcast on Instagram and The Engage Pod on Twitter. You can also follow our personal pages at A-Y-Y-O-A-N-T A-Y-Y-O-A-N-T, and at Una Amor, O-O-N-A-M-O-R. These episodes are produced by Anthony and myself. Our theme song is by Anthony. Like, comment, share, and thank you for listening.